0: Cartoonist, author, and documentarian E.T. Russian created the video comic installation Casting Shadows for the 2016 Jack Straw New Media Gallery program. When you enter the gallery space, the
1: room is dark. You can sit on a long bench that's against one wall, which leaves you facing the other three walls, the one in front of you and two on the sides. There is video that is projecting on all three walls, but only one wall at once. So as you're sitting there on the bench, your head may turn to the left, and there'll be a story, images and sounds projected onto that wall, and then that ends, and now there's another story to the right of you, and so you turn your body and you turn your head, and there are sounds and images projected on that wall, and then once that story is done, it moves again, and maybe now you're facing forward, Uh, with your head and uh, with your ears and your senses to the wall in front of you. The piece is just short of 20 minutes long, and it just keeps cycling through, so you don't exactly know when you've reached the beginning and the end. And what it is, is stories that I captured of six different people who I know, many I've known for a long time, some are new to me, The age range is from about six years old to uh, Sylvie is in her 70s, and everyone in the show has some spectrum of disability, uh, whether it be mental health or, you know, they're on a ventilator and they have a tracheostomy or, you know, one person is blind, Um, another person has a brain injury and walks with a cane, you know, a couple people in wheelchairs, and so I took. Thousands of photographs, you know, several hundred of each person, when I went to interview them, I would also photograph them doing whatever the thing was that they wanted to talk about. And then I would take from some of the photographs and I would do illustrations. I'm a cartoonist, and so my drawings are somewhat in a cartooning style based on these photographs. And then if there's any words that the person says, those are kind of in text sections, panels at the bottom of the image. So the images that you're seeing projected are these drawings that I did. I work mostly in black and gray scale. I use brush pens uh, with black ink, and I draw on actual paper. My images aren't digital, even though I scan them and then edit them in Photoshop to finish them. But all my drawings I do with actual pen and paper and then I shade with different grayscale pens and blend that. And so it kind of looks like watercolor, but it's actually just grayscale pens. I wanted the piece to be more sensory and less verbal. So my goal was that less than half the piece is actual talking. So at least half of it is just environmental sounds and imagery. I wanted it to be a really sensory experience. And then I took all those clips with my background sound, so I'd have interview footage asking someone, like, talk to me about your book collection. And I had those clips kind of edited down. And then separately from that, I would record the sound of pulling books off a bookshelf and flipping through the pages and then putting the book back on the bookshelf and then pulling another book and flipping through those pages or taking a book and putting it on a scanner, and then the sound of the scanner scanning the book, and you just hear that. So I would layer the clips from the interviews over these other sounds, and that was how I created the soundscape. Once that was done, I put it into iMovie, and then I had all my images, and I pulled my scanned images into iMovie, and that's when I sort of played with them and put them in order according to the sounds and um, did my editing there. So when you go into the exhibit, you see this imagery and the sounds projected. And my goal was that when you're in the space and you're experiencing the piece, that it's almost like you're in a room of people having a conversation, as if you were sitting around a table with a group of people and they were having an interesting conversation. You might turn your attention to one person as they're talking, then someone else is talking, so you turn your attention to them, and then someone else again, you turn your attention to them. And so that's kind of the feeling
0: that I was trying to create in this space at Jack Straw. E.T. sat down in the Jack Straw studio with oral historian and documentary producer Steve Rowland to talk about Casting Shadows and the many themes it explores, from disability culture and social justice to parenting and family.
1: Tell me a little bit about your early life.
0: You were born in Seattle?
1: I was born in a small town in Idaho, and when I was one, my parents moved to Washington State, basically in the suburbs of Seattle, which I'm forever grateful for because I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm really glad I did not grow up in Idaho in the 80s and 90s. Not that Seattle's the pinnacle of diversity, but being gay, I'm really glad I grew up in the city. So anyway, I I grew up basically in the suburbs Mm -hmm. of Seattle. Yeah, my family... Is my biggest support truly and uh, I have a disability and have had for 20 years I was in a big accident uh, when I was 18 and I'm 38 now and uh, I had to learn how to walk again and Mm. um, I have artificial legs because of this and so actually my parents still to this day are my biggest most consistent support Mm. and I think I came out as bisexual when I was 15, and that would have been, like, maybe 1992. And then I came out to my family as a lesbian when I was 18, and that was 1995. And then that was the same year that my accident happened and I acquired a disability. And so during the year I was learning how to walk again after my accident— I was not only coming into this identity of, oh, wow, I have a disability, which is a big deal. I mean, it's like coming out as gay, but very different. The way people perceive disability is very different. And one of my goals as an artist, I should say as a person in life, is to reframe this idea of disability as it's not just like, and a problem that an individual has, you know, like for instance, using me as an example, disability is bigger than just I, you know, E.T. Russian have, you know, my legs were amputated so I have artificial legs and so I have a hard time walking and that's my disability. You know, you could look at it on that individual level, but when you look at all of the people in history and in existence now who experience you know, mental health challenges and chronic illness and mobility impairments and visual impairment or hearing impairment. Uh, Folks on the autism spectrum who are neurodivergent, you realize that actually we're a very large cultural group. And so I think part of my life's work is encouraging people to shift their focus from looking at us as individual people who have quote-unquote problems And looking at us more as a larger minority group that is a cultural group with a cultural heritage, a political movement, language, slang terminology, cool fashion, cool dance moves, uh, literature, all these different ways of being that are actually very innovative, So I have this exhibit, Casting Shadows, and the piece, it's about disability culture and the human experience, because I think disability is really one lens in which to look at human, the human experience, our experience of being human and living in the world. And I think that the themes in this show anyone could relate to, really, but you know, a lot of people don't want to identify as disabled because they say, I don't want to be like that. That's not me. I oh, I don't like it. You know, I don't want to use a cane. You know, I don't want to use a walker or a wheelchair. I don't want to, people to look at me like that. And uh, that's complicated. And I think it comes from a place of people not wanting to accept that, even if that's where their life might be going because they are losing their ability to walk or, you know, whatever the thing may be. And so regardless of whether people embrace that identity or not, the experience of isolation is very common in the disability experience. Isolation is one of the most common themes, and I have experienced that myself much because uh, even though Seattle is a very liberal city and it was the 90s and I felt really free about coming out as gay, I also had almost really no disability community. There was no dance group. There was really almost no, you know, support group. And a support group is one thing, but, like, you want people to have fun with, to go do stuff with. You know, I think one of my intentions with creating Casting Shadows was that you could, even if you were alone, you could sit in that room or be in that room where the exhibit is and and be surrounded by story, by other people's stories, and not feel alone. Because I think anyone who's ever tried to write or create some creative project, most people know that you have to be alone at some point. You know, it requires you to have quiet time where you make the piece. And loneliness ends up being a something that I think a lot of artists have to grapple with. And my process over many years now is how to make that process less lonely and more pleasurable and to be more comforted by the art I'm making. So it's less of a, I'm, you know, flagellating myself and torturing myself by uh, making myself be alone to create these pieces, but uh, I've tried to set myself up so that when I'm making a, a rather ambitious creative project that it it's feeding me and that I don't that I feel comforted by it and that it nourishes me and that the process of making I'm not punishing myself as much as I used to be. And so in the making of Casting Shadows, in the process of it, I felt that I was with the people as I was drawing them and that I was with the people as I was editing their interviews, their audio recordings. I didn't feel so lonely, even though I was spending many, many, many hundreds of hours totally alone. But I didn't completely feel that I was totally alone. And then the end result was very satisfying because I think I did accomplish my goal. And I think that it comforts people to know that they're not alone in that experience. And I think especially with disability, because most folks with disability truly are living in poverty, so one of the people in this piece, Casting Shadows, talks openly about what it was like to be houseless for a year and how they came to be in the situation of being houseless for a year. Me being houseless for so long, it has to do with a couple different layers. The fact that landlords really have no incentive to make a place accessible. People don't consider social security, you know, an income. And most rental applications ask for your race. I included that in the show because this person, Dorian, who's in the piece, is not alone in that experience. I've done a lot of research about homelessness, actually. And the two uh, social groups in this country who are most... At risk of becoming homeless are uh, immigrants and folks with disabilities, because it's—even if you can find an affordable apartment or house, that doesn't always mean it's accessible. Like, there might be stairs and you have a wheelchair, or you might need a service animal, but they don't allow pets in the building. Another goal of mine with this piece was just to show the humanity of people I know hundreds of people with disabilities, but the people I picked to be in this piece are people who I think have something cool going on in their life and where it's really apparent. And in a short period of time, you really get the gist of the really cool thing this person has going on and some essence of their humanity in a way that I think there are some really universal themes about parenting and family, uh, our relationship with animals and nature, and also having fun, you know, blowing off steam and kind of trying to get away from the world a little bit. I think these are all the themes, some of the big themes in the show. Could you explain to us the uh, quotation that was the inspiration for this and how that translates into the work? The title Casting Shadows comes from a quote by Martin Luther King Jr., It's something like everything we see is a shadow cast by that which we do not see. And my interpretation of what he's saying there is that a lot of what we look at in society, we're not really seeing all of what is actually there. If you've never used a wheelchair, you don't know what it's like to be in a wheelchair and have people literally look over you and not even notice you. You know, if you go to a restaurant and you're in your wheelchair— And you're with someone standing next to you, they'll automatically look at the person standing and ask that person if you want a table because they're at eye level with that person. They're not at eye level with you. So there's this experience of not being seen a lot. And that quote of his automatically resonated with me because I think there's a lot of things in the world that we just don't understand. And I've definitely always been someone who likes to champion the underdog and also likes to examine the parts of the world, things that are in existence that are misunderstood and unexamined. I think there's some magic in examining the unexamined. And I I also like the idea that even if you're a small thing or a small person, that you can cast a big shadow. Uh, Like the drawings that I did for this piece are only eight and a half by 11, which is just typing paper. But when they're projected on the wall, they're like... 8 to 10 feet by like 12 to 14 feet big. I mean, they're huge. I have a fascination with taking something small and projecting it really big. I think that's interesting, and it satisfies me. So this idea of casting a shadow, to me, is very interesting.
0: E.T. Russian's installation, Casting Shadows, was created through the Jack Straw New Media Gallery residency program. Podcast interviewer is Steve Rowland. Produced by Steve Rowland, Daniel Gunther, and Levi Fuller. Engineers are Daniel Gunther and Mo Prevenger. Jack Straw Executive Director is Joan Rabinowitz. The Jack Straw Artist Residency Programs are made possible with support from the Seattle Office of Arts and Culture, Four Culture King County Lodging Tax Fund, Washington State Arts Commission, National Endowment for the Arts, Arts Fund, media sponsor KUOW, and individual contributors.